Hi guys and welcome or welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Indira and today I'm joined by Jasmine Wood. She was the first British woman to finish at the Paris Marathon. She recently took her first England vest and she's only been running for a few years and she's a sports science student at Durham University. And in this episode we talk about her experience of coming to the sport really late, being self-coached and having a go at some of the longer distances and marathons. She's run four by the way. This is also the last episode in season one. It's been an amazing season and I can't believe how successful the podcast has been so far. So thanks guys for all of your input into it and I hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back for season two and I'll announce when that's going to start soon. And like always, if you've been enjoying the show, please show your appreciation by giving the podcast a rating. You can do this by going to the podcast home screen and selecting three dots. It should give you the option to rate it. Really helps the podcast out, helps me keep being able to get great guests on, great experts. And yeah, this podcast is free. So if you can, cost you nothing, please give it a rating and let's get into it. Okay, so Jasmine, hi, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I'm so good. How are you? Yep, doing doing well. Have you had a busy day or easy stuff? Very busy day. Busy day moving moving student houses. I'm sure everyone knows how much path that is. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. Going well so far? Um bit, bit crazy. This new house seems to be an absolute pigsty. No clean no cleaners have been in there, but it's okay. We're gonna get through it. Stay in this house for as long as we can and then move next week or something. Okay, well, it sounds like there's a sort of plan or a goal in mind. So, you know, that's a good starting point. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and so let's get into this. So you're someone who came a little bit later to running. You've since, you know, made huge improvements. You took your 10K down from 52.15 in 2019 to 35.33 in 2023. You know, significant improvements in, you know, all of your events so how did you get into running? Well, ever since I started secondary school, I was quite a small, small girl. Like they chucked me into the 800 on the athletics. My school was quite an athletic orientated school. We used to go to Watford track and do all the local district athletics meets. And because I was quite small and light, I could get myself around the track quite quickly. So they kind of just chucked me in the 800. I'd do it quickly, just have a bit of fun. And I usually won the race and it kind of gave me that motivation. And I think as soon as I got qualified for my first English schools cross country, it was the last year I could have ever qualified for it. (laughs) And I'd never really heard of it before. And then obviously the whole COVID thing happened and I really started to get into running then. And I entered my local 10K. I'd never run a 10K before. (laughs) I think I did a six mile. I had to walk half of it and then did the first 10K loved it and then the next year I was like oh I want to do it again but I do the half marathon version this time and I think lockdown I know it's a stereotypical like lockdown runner but lockdown really helps because you have so much time to focus on yourself you really can just go out run I remember two miles was my my daily run I'd go down the lane and back out because that was all I could do without being absolutely dead and having to have a large glass of water but yeah definitely lockdown help with the running and then going to uni really helped as well having so many people and I do feel as well having the marathon and half marathon goals as set points really helped with channeling the training program towards those goals and then doing little steps along the way okay yeah no that's really interesting because you know that's definitely a different entry point into running a lot of girls 
kind of come traditionally up from a you know join the club do this do that at, w- at any point did you join a club you know following on from English schools I mean obviously it was straight into lockdown that was yeah pre-lockdown guys yeah. if you're if you're not sure where we are <laughs> for time frames right now but yeah what did you know did that did that feature yeah I mean I did ballet that was the sport I did right from a really really young age and so I did that all the way through until I was 16 17 got did all did all the grades got to the end and it was kind of at the point where there's not really a point in carrying on and not doing anything else and I was really really enjoying athletics at my school and I remember so one of my friend's parents came up to me after a district athletics match in Watford and said you should really join a club you should join a club and Watford Harriers was obviously the local one so they were like you should join Watford Harriers I ended up joining Hillingdon in the end because it's a lot closer to where I live but I joined them in 2019 at um, around the start of 2019 it was just the regular come down on the Tuesday do a couple of 400s and that was that was the training but it was definitely a very different vibe and it got me into it a lot more and actually doing training sessions when before I actually just did I just ran yeah yeah ran walked (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know you gotta gotta keep things interesting okay so you mentioned how Covid was definitely a pivotal point for you in terms of your running journey and I guess if you were you know at a club before that did you maintain a relationship with your club during Covid or at that point did you kind of take things into your own hands? I mean with all the training sessions got cancelled postponed put on hold there wasn't really much the club could do because obviously there was no competitions nothing going on they did the standard sending out training sessions you could do on your own obviously being by myself and no one in my family runs or does that kind of activity it was really hard to motivate myself to go and do those sessions so I did end up just doing more regular runs and just easy easy running easy training no sessions as such but then they did a couple of um 3k time trials where they just asked you to go out and just time yourself doing a 3k I was a bit of a cheat because I just ran downhill the whole time because there was a hill near me I just ran downhill I was like look how quick I can go guys but yeah so with the whole COVID thing, it was definitely hard to keep up training sessions. But I think because I was doing PE for my one of my A-levels at school, and that obviously my whole A-levels were during COVID as well, it was really hard to be assessed on running, which was one of the sports I was going for for my PE, without having competitions and races. So I ended up cycling to a couple of tracks that you could book out during COVID and basically just doing a couple of sessions and filming myself doing those. They were all just sessions I found online, though. It was like sessions to make you faster, that kind of thing, all, all on Runner's World, those kind of sessions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's really cool. Gosh, yeah, I didn't even yeah. think of that side of things in terms of, you know, the A-levels. But where you mentioned there going online to find training and stuff, I guess that's yeah. where more of a kind of self-coached aspects come in and a bit of a more unique perspective so what's it like going through that process of you know sourcing out your own sessions with very little running knowledge yeah I mean so when I started really getting into running and watching I had um, a TikTok page actually and I started like doing little running vlogs like trail running and that kind of thing and I absolutely just became a total nerd for it and I actually really enjoyed reading up about running and all the different systems because I did PE anyway so a lot of the physiological stuff came quite naturally. But then finding out about the training sessions was definitely a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. 
I ended up just searching sessions that will help you improve this sessions that will be beneficial if you're doing a 10k and then I'd go on the first couple of websites see it find the session run the session and then I would adapt it myself into something that I personally enjoyed that kind of thing like that and um also I did training runs and I would find because I couldn't I couldn't just run slowly I found it very hard to just run slowly which is I know what you should I should have been doing at that point but I would usually do like a mile hard and then a mile easy and then alternate that so I was doing sessions really without even knowing it but then obviously I developed my knowledge and found out what I should be doing and started a session easy run kind of regimen like that okay interesting and so then following on from COVID you know when we finally came out and races started opening up again I mean you made some you know solid improvements then what you know what did that look like for you and you know how how was running different yeah I mean so I did the first 10k in 52 minutes very very cute very fun um and because it was at an event where they did a 10k and a half which is similar to quite a lot of events the next year I thought I wanted I was decided to do the half marathon because I was very like just wanted to get the t-shirt that said half marathon on it really I was very t-shirt orientated at the start of my running I would only enter races if I got a t-shirt at the end fair enough that was my primary goal but I did the half marathon I remember it was a two-lap course pretty much and I did the first 10k I think it was in about 46 minutes so immediately I was like I said to my mum I was I just run a 10k pb in the middle of the half the next it did take me almost an hour to do the second half which is fine because I had not trained for it at all but then I really was like okay so I could actually do quite well over the 10k and that was in February and then in December uh, I broke 40 for the first time it's not on power of 10 or anything because it was one of those run through that um Olympic Park chase the moon um 5k 10ks if you know the ones I'm talking about but yeah and I broke 40 just at that that point and that was definitely a changing point for me and I was like oh seeing these improvements so quickly gives you so much motivation and it really makes you think what else you can do with your running it definitely spurs you on to actually train for things oh wow okay no I mean that is incredible and you know to bring everyone else up to speed you know her half marathon she took that from a 142 in 2020 to a 79 11 this year yep amazing (laughs) stuff um and yeah so when you say that gave you the motivation what did you do with that motivation or how did it manifest itself in terms of you know actions towards improving your running yeah I mean after that 10k happened and I got that great pb for some crazy reason I thought oh let's let's go do an ultra marathon or a marathon I think oh I'm trying to think of the timeline actually um yes I so I did an ultra marathon at the start of 2021 because I had no idea of the running route and I just wanted to run as far as I possibly could so I ran the um endurance life Sussex ultra marathon it was a 55k along the coast of Eastbourne absolutely ridiculous I could not walk for about a month afterwards so I did I did that and then and then it was Brighton Marathon did that in just under three and a half hours annoyingly it was there was a whole faff with Brighton Marathon because the course was 600 meters too long that year 
I do remember so, hearing that actually yeah, yeah I remember looking at my Garmin it was like you just won your first marathon I was like where's the finish line then <laughs> it was not it was not great at all but I finished that in just under three and a half hours which was the whole like Boston qualifier thing and that really really spurred me on and then I started uni in that year after Brighton and u- university was honestly the best thing that like happened to my running getting into the running routine always having people to run with there was always an easy run on a Monday and then a session on a Tuesday and just having these set things to go to honestly helped so much and then I broke three in Edinburgh that year which was like a 40 minute PB which was ridiculous and I was like wow oh my gosh I love running so much and my whole like just running now just absolutely came out yeah no that's incredible to hear and I mean obviously a lot of talent there and just kind of being able to train in the right ways and and get the most out of yourself would you say that there's anything in particular that stands out to you I know you mentioned the consistency at uni but anything specific to maybe how you're training or new training techniques that you started using um definitely the regular easy runs with the sessions before I was kind of just doing an easy run here and there but it wasn't really easy because I didn't feel like I should be going slow I was like I'm not improving if I'm going this slowly and that kind of thing um definitely consistency I had there was always an easy group run on a Monday we went the pace of the slowest person which like ranged from eight minute miling to nine minute miling sometimes so it was always super easy about like seven seven miles every Monday like clockwork that was an easy run and then I'd have a session and then long run on the weekend followed by other it was def- consistency was definitely consistency was definitely one of the big things that helped but also yeah having people around to spur you on yeah of course that must have been the biggest change because I suppose you know having come out of COVID and all yeah. of that it would have been completely on your own how much would you say that's kind of changed your perception of running so much honestly so much because being back home and obviously with covid no one in my family runs I'd literally have to pay my sisters to come on a bike with like bike next to me while I ran I was like I'll give you a fiver if you come with me (laughs) okay but then going to uni and joining the athletics club and seeing that there are actually like so many other people that have this same love for it as you do just makes you so happy and you just want to go with them you meet all these new friends it's just it's so great so great yeah no that's brilliant here and I guess now you're at uni would you say that you're still self-coaching in any way or how's the relationship changed I mean for the pro for the majority of uni so far it's just been marathon block after marathon block so I had just finished Brighton then I went straight to Edinburgh and then I went straight into London, then I went straight into Paris. So I haven't really had a chance to actually settle down and work on 5K speed and 10K speed, which is what I'm doing now. And I'm actually doing a 10K race tomorrow. So hopefully, and hopefully another PB there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think going to you, I, I've just forgotten what the question was. I'm sorry. No, don't worry at all. <laughs> right, now, see, now we have a problem because I also don't remember. Yeah, so for anyone else who was in the moment and also didn't remember the question, the question was about how her relationship with self-coaching has changed, you know, what that looks like now that she's come to uni. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, so with the self-coaching at uni, I mean, I went down to the, in the Freshers' Week, all the trial athletics events, 
obviously I didn't go for the sprints because that, that just wasn't for me. I knew already that distance was what I wanted to do. So I went to the trial event, really liked it. Me and one of the other girls were front running with all these guys. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. I love this. Um, and then I went down to one of the first actual evening sessions and it just put me off it. It was grass reps in the dark, in the mud, in the rain, absolutely horrible. It was so slippery. I didn't have spikes on. I was in these slippery road running shoes, could barely get a grip on the mud because it was just a bog. And I didn't go back to a single training session in the dark with the athletics team after that, just because it was so horrible. I just did not enjoy it at all. But I found it because I joined triathlon at the start of the year because with the whole ultra marathon marathon mindset and I wasn't really quick over these 5k's what I was doing like 18 and a half minutes I think about this time 90 minutes so I joined triathlon because realistically I was like I'm gonna do an Ironman I want to do an Ironman this year and I'll do a proper Ironman next year so I did the triathlon track sessions which were on Tuesday and a Friday so I was like dancing track on those days and did those sessions which were set by um one of the members of the exec which I think was still a student at this point but with the self-coaching, definitely it definitely changed. I would always be writing a training plan for a marathon anyway. So when I would self-coach myself for a marathon, I would get onto Excel, write a marathon spreadsheet for 16 weeks, 12 to 16 weeks with key long runs and then basically put races in there as well. So I'd have a 5K race once a month and all those kind of things. So I'd have the basic mileage I'd be doing, but then the sessions were pretty much set for me by members of the exec and I'd if they weren't there I'd sometimes run my own sessions which was usually let's do a 10 by 400 or a pyramid or something like that <laughs> but now I think in particular definitely self-coaching with the easy runs but and having a, like my session set for me by some, a couple of people who have just been who really have believed in me and with seeing improvements I've had a couple of people reach out and be like if you're doing this session you can improve even more and that kind of thing it's kind of been listening to these people and putting my own preferences aside of doing just wanting to do marathon after marathon because you do get you do get addicted to it even even though you're putting yourself through so much pain for just under three hours you do get absolutely addicted to it and as soon as I finished Paris I was like I want to do another one this year like what which ones are in October which can I do which can I do next but you get yourself into that um, marathon regimen and you really don't think about how you could improve over the shorter distances. But then when I got my England vest for the 5K, I was like, oh, OK, so I could improve over 5K if I actually drop marathon for the rest of the year, which was honestly one of the hardest decisions to make to throw the marathon out the window for the rest of the year and focus on the shorter distances. Well, I mean, first of all, yeah. I mean, like, congrats on the England vest. You know, that that was incredible <laughs> and you and really nice to see. And there's definitely a lot to unpack there. But first of all, let's just bring it back a little bit. What motivated you to stay on the longer distances? And, you know, you talk about wanting to do an Ironman there, especially, you know, those are kind of renowned for being some of the hardest <laughs> kind of events out there. Yeah. And I mean, you're only about two years into running at this point. So, <laughs> you know, what was the main kind of driver for them? Honestly. It's very random, but during A-levels, 
I got into this phase of watching these ultra marathon documentaries on YouTube, which are all by this guy called Billy Yang. And they would be super dramatic, super intense. These awesome drone shots of these people running super far. And I just thought it was absolutely awesome. I was like, I, I want to do that. And then I got into Iron, watching Iron Man's as well, and Lucy Charles Barkley's YouTube channel, which is so great to watch. And I just really wanted to do it. And honestly, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I was spurred on by the fact you get a T-shirt at the end. <laughs> and then for Iron Man, you get a rucksack. <laughs> so your Achilles heel is a T-shirt. All right, Jasmine, give your T-shirt, go do this, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's so true. It's so true. But then, yeah, when I got to uni, I thought, okay, I did, actually did my first triathlon. I'd never even done one. And I was like, I want to do an Ironman. And that, that hurt a lot. But um, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I just really enjoy going far. I just love running so far. And in lockdown, I would go out and just run for like an hour and just go around and see the sights and do this and that. But I just enjoy going for long periods of time I find it quite easy to get into like a rhythm and just keep going I feel like it's more rewarding as well like going for so long yeah that's true sometimes when it comes to I know I always find when it's building back from an injury or something they're like oh go yeah. run for five minutes I'm like well I'm not putting <laughs> trainers on for that I'll just I'll just not do anything for two months and then start yeah. back at like 30 minutes you know yeah but, um, definitely. yeah gotta make it worth it value for money as well no, that's really great to hear. And I think, you know, let's maybe talk through an experience of running a marathon as well, because, you know, we haven't had anyone talk about that yet. I mean, you are pretty <laughs> quick, you know, less than three hours. So I guess it's not, you know, like you're plodding out there for eight. But what is the mindset like? You know, what are the peaks and troughs? And did you ever hit yeah. a wall? Oh, my gosh. Well, it depends which marathon we're talking about, because each one is so is so different. I've <laughs> four now, so it's quite, it's like, They've been there's been highs and there's been lows. I think the lowest was definitely London in October last year. So I went into it on a niggle. I basically the week before I did a session which I remember was three k, and then it was ten by two hundreds, and then it was fifteen hundred like time trials, like time trial sandwich really. I did some. I twinged something in the two hundreds because obviously it was. I was marathon training. Why on earth did I decide it was a good idea to do two hundreds the week before a marathon? No idea. Did it anyway. Went into London with a bit of a niggle. I hadn't done any of my tape runs because of this niggle. It was just in my front quad. I dosed myself up on ibuprofen again. A bad idea before a marathon. Um, <laughs> ran the marathon and then I got to um thirty k, so like eighteen miles. And it just went. And the last, I was on track for a PB, but the last like 10K, 12K was just absolute like start, stop, cramping. Had to turn my music off because I was just getting so stressed out. Got to the end. And then I actually couldn't walk for like a month after as well because I I don't actually know what I did in the end. I went to a couple of physios, just um, the ones my university um, provided. And they were saying it's, it's like sciatica or something. And I went to him straight after the marathon. And he just said, you've got an inflamed hip. And I was like, I've just run a marathon. Like every, everything's inflamed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I went back after everything had settled down. And he said the standard, like, oh, you've got you've got a weak posterior chain. You've got weak glutes, all, all that. You've got sciatica. So I went through a whole recovery process of that. I was on the Watt bike every day getting through it and then Paris Marathon was just a completely different 
different experience it was honestly like one of the best times of my life I know that's crazy and obviously yeah were you delusional at the time any chance you just you know yeah. past the point. <laughs> I mean I got the t-shirt at the end so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but honestly like Paris Marathon was just definitely the highlight of my year so far it was just a complete switch up from London I, I only really had 10 weeks of specific training for it but it was just absolutely, yeah, absolutely amazing. Okay. And so, I mean, you know, Paris, Paris, you know, you ran 250, incredible time and first British woman, like that's insane. So Thank you. Know, what made Paris so great for you? If you could pinpoint something. Yeah. I mean, Paris marathon wasn't originally the marathon I was going to do in spring. I knew I was going to do a spring one. I actually had, I was signed up for Edinburgh again. So I PB'd in Edinburgh last year it was it's such a beautiful course you literally run along the coast and then run back along the coast and it was just sea you could just smell the seaweed and it was so so salty and fresh and lovely and just great but so I I was going to do that one again but then um the opportunity to run Paris like presented itself 10 weeks before basically um yeah so podium podium the uh, race company messaged me and asked if I wanted to run Paris and if I was ready to run a marathon in 10 weeks and they were basically like sports shoes will pay pay for everything you can go out there run your marathon everything's right and I was like yes 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 I would have been absolutely a fool turned down that opportunity so yeah I went went to Paris it was just absolutely great I was the day before was a little bit like "Eh," because we were doing almost 30,000 steps taking photo shoots for um, like attics which was a little bit intense the day before a marathon I think the girl I was with it was a little bit like we just need to lie down in bed now the day before <laughs> instead of running around on the metro <laughs> going to the Arc de Triomphe <laughs> but yeah it, it was it was so great and I think having a team to go like with a team instead of going because all these other marathons I've pretty much just gone by myself and got it all sorted by myself but going out with a team and having all the logistics worked out for you and not having to worry about that and all you have to do is just go and run it was a completely different experience to what I've experienced before yeah no that makes sense and I just sorry I just want to kind of interrupt you a bit there so you say going out with a team you know doing a photo shoot with ASICs like what's the situation here yeah so basically sports shoes and the sports ASICs is company as part of sports shoes so sports shoes and then like the little sub brand ASICs from sports shoes works very closely with podium so they basically wanted to do a marathon campaign and I've noticed a lot of um, shoe companies are doing this like running companies are doing this this year so I've seen a lot for Manchester Marathon Adidas did one with Manchester um Under Armour I think did Barcelona ASICs did Paris and it was Honestly, I think it's the best way for these shoe companies to promote their brand at these marathons. Just get a couple of um, runners who are more than happy to run a marathon if you just pay for their entry and then kick them out and definitely just take a few photos of them. It's basically just like free advertising. It's great. Um, but yeah, so all I just had to wear the ASICS kit, which they sent me before so I could train in. And honestly, I really, really like their shoes. So it's so great. Um, and then just... They all they did was take photos. I was basically just being moved around, run, run here, run there. We'll take a video of you doing this, doing that. 
and then the hotel was sort the whole team was like so lovely the lady that coordinated it claudia loveliest person ever and we all just went out as a team we went out for dinner we went out carb loading it was it's just so great it's nice to have people that are really enjoying what you're doing with you at the same time so like I was with the girl that I ran with Sarah and we were going for a very similar time so we just ran together for quite a lot of it and we were on the start line together like surrounded by all these men like tall men and we're like oh okay bit daunting because they all speak French <laughs> but yeah we- <laughs> just <amazing>. yeah <laughs> okay. oh wow no that's really really cool okay and so in terms of actually you know pacing a marathon and racing strategy in a marathon you know how do you know what sort of speed to start off at and you know what's the pacing like I mean usually for marathons I've just gone and see what happens so for Brighton Marathon which was my first ever marathon I thought okay if I can go under four hours I'll be happy with that I feel like that's quite a good goal to have so I joined the sub four hour wave and then I was just feeling really good I did almost pass out on the last six miles but we got under there in just under 330 so that was great and then Edinburgh I again just went out on feeling I very because I'm still pretty naive to the whole like marathon what goes on with marathon training I just went out go off feeling see how I go and I ran a lot quicker than I thought I was going to so that was about 256 and I was like wow like I've just pb'd loads and I've got no idea what I'm doing and so then I did London I think London was the first one where I actually went in with a goal so I really wanted to yeah break I wanted to break 250 sub 256 and then break 250 so I went through half in 85 so I was like okay I'm on, I'm on pacing we can negative split this it'll be fine but then obviously my leg just went and it was a whole disaster for the last six seven eight miles which wasn't great that is unfortunate yeah I think as as you do more marathons and as you build your knowledge your running knowledge and your running fitness in general your pacing just naturally gets better so for Paris I knew that again sub 250 was my goal because I wanted to I ran I think 303 in London because I just died and so I I was like okay we'll try again in Paris sub 250 is the goal had a bit of a mare because I went out was all good for pacing I was I thought I was flying um I was really trying to reserve the first half had a bit of gastro toilet troubles when I got to 20k so I had to it was a do or die situation I had to go into the portal at, at 20k oh no yeah. and I said I, I said to myself because I knew it was going to be quite close to sub 250 I was like okay don't stop your watch like just let it run so you know your elapsed time went into the toilet dashed back out tried to catch up with the group I was pacing ran like a 550 which is not what pace I was going for I was aiming for like 620s which is not good bolted it to try and catch up with the group I was with got through we went through half went to look at my watch and I was like okay let's see what time we're on for halfway and it goes resume workout and I'm like oh my god I just had subconsciously paused it when I got into the loo which is not great so I'd run about an extra 400 meters plus loo trip and I didn't count the 400 meters in so I was like okay I couldn't have been on the loo for more than a minute that was that was that was quick but then so I thought I was great for time with the sub 250 so I was like easing off Take, making sure I had enough energy for the last three, four miles, which is where it gets really hard. But then I went through the finish line, 
stopped my watch. And I was like, great. I was definitely under under 250 there, 100%. Finished it, looked at my lapse time, and it was 250 with 04, like two, uh, four oh, seconds. No. And I was like, oh, my God. I forgot I'd run 400 metres as well. So I had to add, like, an extra two, three minutes on. Two minutes or something. So that was not great. But it's okay because I know I had, like, the two fifth, sub 250 in me and... I've spoken to a lot of people about it and I think being so young and running these marathons it's very different to being like 28 29 and doing the same because you see yeah like I spoke to a couple of people about it I was speaking to someone who basically said that my 5k 10k times should equate to a much faster marathon but because I've only been running three four years I just don't have the mileage in my legs yet to be able to have that speed endurance for 26.2 miles yet. Yeah, so hopefully that's something, well, not hopefully, definitely something I'll be doing in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely. I mean, there's got to be so much there. And in terms of that whole, you know, you mentioned that you haven't been running that long, you are still really young for those kind of distances. Did you feel that it took any toll on your body? And in terms of actually racing it, what did you do in terms of energy gels and stuff like that during the race? yeah I mean for Paris I did energy gel every five miles so mm, what kind of time would that be yeah energy gel every five miles really um but that was a very different strategy to what I'd done before so for London I also did energy gel every five miles um usually for a couple of the other marathons I just I barely fueled because I just didn't realize how much of an effect fueling has on has on your body but for Paris I was chatting um to someone from England Athletics who was basically guiding me through what is going to really benefit me in the marathon and how I can get that PB so I was doing treadmill pace runs and practicing with energy gels which is just something I'm not used to I don't really like energy gels anyway I just think they're so gross so gloopy yeah. and disgusting I cannot find a single one yeah. I like the isotonic ones are too runny and then, and then the other ones are just like pure gloop and I no, it, it's not for me it's not for me yeah. it's a difficult one yeah for sure but okay okay so you're yeah. talking to someone from England Athletics did they you know how did that how do you get in contact with them and how did that conversation start so basically I got an email from this he's called Tom Craggs and he messaged me yeah after there was a 3k in Italy and he basically messaged me saying that it was a very close um selection between me and someone else and the other girl got I'm not who she who she was but she ran great I'm sure but it was between me and her in the selection and she ran quicker over 3k so he basically got in touch and said look I've been looking at your power of 10 you haven't been running for very long and you're running marathons and you're still like 18 19 what like what's your running plan like what what do you want to do and so I basically got in touch with him and told him about Paris and Paris and all this like how I love doing marathons and he basically said send me your training plan that you've written and I'll have a look over it for you and see what can be done better so I basically sent it to him and we had a little zoom and he went through all these long run sessions, which was just like 15 miles easy or 18 miles easy, 20 miles easy. And like, why are you doing 20 miles easy when you could be doing like a session? And I'm like, what? He said, you should be doing a 20 mile session. And he really just opened me up into these different ways of training for a marathon and definitely benefited me like by getting the PB in Paris. 
and yeah and I think having that contact there was actually really good as well in getting selected for the um, 5k in Cardiff which was the England best opportunity it was a couple of weeks after Paris so I was a little bit of like oh my body might be finished by the time I do this 5k but it all worked out well I yeah the recovery was all good yeah, I mean, also, you know, your 5K took that from a 1926 in 2020 to a 1640, you know, this year. So was that at Cardiff? Um, 164, so I ran 1640 uh, probably about a month ago now. So I think I ran 1642 in Cardiff. So I ran, yeah, so it was 1645 in February, then 42 in April, 40 in May. And I've got another one in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully get that down again exciting times okay because yeah earlier you mentioned moving more to kind of focus on the speed for now and having to kind of put pause in the marathon is that was that something to do with you know tom or yeah so just getting higher advice from people that really know what they're doing with running and basically just being asked like what are your goals for running goals for the next two years like now you've got this england vest and you're actually achieving things with your running and you're making yourself known a little bit with running and you're like posing and you're getting on the podium at some of these races what do you want to do and I was like well realistically I'm not going to get an international best for marathon for the next in the next like five years I'm, I'm no Becky Briggs like <laughs> come on <laughs> not yet um, um, and it was kind of like what do you want to be doing and I've got an end I had an end well I've got an entry into the great north great north half in September, which is something I like really have been wanting to do but we're still in the talks of maybe putting that to the side because there's also a 5k that weekend which might be more suited if I can get my PB down so I'm this summer I'm basically doing 5k 10k specific stuff so hopefully another 10k PB tomorrow fingers crossed I've been working all week on my feet which is not fun <laughs> but hopefully another PB tomorrow and then another 5k in a couple of weeks I just go to this like local one in York with it's on a cycle track you just do five laps and they've got the timer up for every lap so it's so easy to pace yourself and I've always PB'd on that course so fingers fingers crossed yeah no definitely and I mean something that I've definitely picked up on is you don't seem to come across as someone who gets particularly stressed or is kind of overplacing too much value in training it seems like you've got a nice balance yeah. would you would you agree with that yeah yeah I, do, I just love running <laughs> I mean that's what we want to hear really that's what it. we want to hear <laughs> and do you think there's anything that's kind of helped you to maintain that because a lot of you know other girls some of the girls we've had on the podcast already have mentioned how yeah. you know with the increasing success has come increasing pressure or you know it becomes yeah. more of a stress what what have you done to kind of avoid that um, I don't really think I've actively done anything to like avoid this kind of pressure. I mean, maybe I haven't been achieving these kind of things that will give me the certain pressure. But I think because I started running so late and all these like getting on a po- podium at a local race is such a new experience to me. It's all just exciting. It all just fills me with excitement still. And if I don't do it, I, I, of course, like most athletes, I'm sure I do get frustrated if I don't perform at my best or if I feel like I could have performed better, even though I got a PB, I'm like, I got a PB, but I definitely could have run faster than that. <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah. 
But I feel like these are more just things I internalize, which is probably not the best thing to do. But I just internalize them within myself. I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, you didn't run that well. Who cares? You can get over it. Just run better next week. sounds like a good strategy to me I mean I think that sounds healthy but I mean I'm not a psychologist so don't quote me but But in terms of you know the local 10ks and stuff you've done quite quite a lot of them would you say there's something different or special about doing kind of I guess less you know oh under 23 you know southern championships I guess like defined races yeah I mean to be fair with those kind of like southern chaps I've never really done them anyway I've never done like the cross challenge or I was supposed to do it last year but I got stuck in Leeds on the way to Liverpool and it was absolute nightmare um with the train but I've never really done any of the age group kind of competitions so I don't really know what I'm missing out on what they're like I'm to be fair I'm planning on doing a couple of them I've been roped into some sort of cross-country season this set this um this winter which I'm not <laughs> looking forward to because cross country is the bane of my life oh really yeah, I really don't like cross country at all okay to be fair after you said you didn't like the uh the grass field so much <laughs> you were like right that's it for the season <laughs> that's, it that's some hatred I'm going back on a field I just yeah no but I think um yeah with the local races so I'm I'm from like down south anyway like Buckinghamshire Hertfordshire I moved up north moved up north for uni at Durham there is such a good running scene like going on in the northeast. There are so many races which are very popular in the area, especially in Newcastle. I did the Bladen race, which is very popular a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely amazing. It was a very random distance. It was like 5.79 miles, but it was just so, so great. And the support you get and seeing all these local runners coming out and all the local runners starting to know who you are, it's just so much nicer and I feel like down south with these races I don't really know what's going on the only ones I seem to do when I'm back home are the like the ones they organize in London like the run-through ones which not like they're fun and you get a cute little medal but I feel like you could be pushing yourself more at that point yeah no that's really nice to hear and it's especially great to hear about that kind of sense of community and stuff yeah. like that and I was just having a look actually you're 5.7 nice 3127 it's a shame there's no power of 10 ranking right that. <laughs> that seems pretty quick I mean I got an unofficial 5k pb during it so hopefully hopefully oh yeah <laughs> well yeah I mean you've got, got a few coming up in the next few weeks but no that's really great to hear about that side of things because I think it's definitely nice to kind of enjoy other aspects of running other than I guess you know strictly yeah just everything's for a purpose or some sort of league or something okay and something else is you know it seems that you've managed to avoid kind of having any major injuries or setbacks would you say that's true so far um pretty much I mean the only really injury I've had was the one I went into London on I probably shouldn't have run I definitely shouldn't have run the marathon but in my head, I was like, I paid for my entry. I paid like £60 and I don't want to lose that. Oh, I'm a broke okay, yeah. Like, I'd rather get something out of it, um, even if it is yeah. not being able to run for two months. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not actually sure what that, what that injury was. I'm not at that level in my running where I feel like I want to go and pay £200 to see a physio and get a diagnosis. So I basically just... They'll tell you to do calf raises anyway. Exactly. So. This is exactly what the guy said. I went to my uni, he was like, 
you need to do more squats you need to do more glute bridges and I was like oh, okay, yeah. then. you need to get in the gym more all right so what isn't weak then yeah what, what's wrong just what's what's right with me but it was yeah, yeah it was something in my hip and it was I'm pretty sure it was a pinch a nerve or something I'm pretty sure it was nerves to do with nerves um and it was basically just all down the front of my quad no idea what it was but I did what biking cycling I was absolutely dedicated to going into that gym all the time and doing S&C, calf raises, squats, stretches, absolutely everything I could. And then getting back into running, it was literally like 20 minute run every like two days or something like that, every three days, really, really slowly getting back into it. I decided I was going to have a few races in November, December, but I decided it was so hard, but I decided to just totally write off the rest of the year. So that was in the beginning of October. And I thought, okay, right off the rest of the year, don't just don't do it. And I started again in January, and that's when I ran the Brass Monkey Half Marathon, which was the 79. And I went into it basically on four weeks of training. Like, oh my God, I'm really scared. My injury might come back. But the way I thought of it was that I I was like, okay, so you trained for London Marathon, you did a whole summer's worth of training. That training is still in your body. You just need to unlock it. So I was like, okay, let's just unlock some training. And then it went <laughs> yeah, it went quite well there. <laughs> no, no, that's so great to hear. And I mean, mindset's everything. Yeah. And I think sometimes people do get a bit too caught up on, you know, a single session or a single week or yeah. even a few months. Like it Yeah. In my experience anyway, it's not too de- detrimental. Yeah. So no, that's really good to hear. At the time I was like absolutely distraught and I was so grumpy and I was running around the house like, oh, I can't run, I'm so sad, guys. But then now now I'm like, oh come on, it wasn't that deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that's really cool. Okay, and so I guess, you know, if we start wrapping up a bit now, in terms of, you know, your experience with running so far, what would you say is kind of the one thing you would have done differently if you were, you know, take it back a few years? Mm, like race plan wise, I probably wouldn't have done much differently because I feel like it's all got me to where I am today. But I feel like I probably could have just actually um, sucked it up and actually just ran slow on those runs I, when I first started out and just take it easy and not try to push every run and go, absolutely super fast I know it's very stereotypical like easy runs easy but I wish I had actually done that at the start instead of just pushing out and then learning that I needed to do it through other methods yeah Yeah, no definitely and do you think that your approach of kind of having quite a lot of autonomy over your own sessions your own training has been something that I mean I guess you can't speak for experiences you haven't had but something you think that may have helped you be able to keep enjoying and performing at at running I do think so yeah especially because I found my love for the sport completely on my own and I got into it in my own methods and I wasn't pushed into it by my parents or anything like that and it was just something I enjoyed and found a love for by myself and then definitely definitely the sessions like tailoring them to what works for me and what I enjoy what I don't enjoy obviously you've got to push yourself but and I feel like now having people at me with having people with me at uni to help push me is so much 
so much better because it just pushes you that extra bit that you weren't pushing yourself before. Because if you're by yourself, it's easy to say, oh, I'm not going to do this last rep as hard as I should. I'm just going to just going to do it. And that's it. But when yeah. you're with other people, you've got other people watching you to get you like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And what is your go to post race celebration? Oh, lying in bed with a bag of no it's so bad Sainsbury's do a packet of really really disgusting processed chocolate donuts it's like 10 mini ones in the bag oh yeah I know what you're talking you about know what I mean. yeah, yeah they're yeah. really good sit in bed with a bag of those and watch Star Wars oh you know what that sounds pretty <laughs> decent I'm a bit disappointed there's no t-shirt though I was hoping you know I know. Might, might have dropped you know that in what? there this race I'm doing tomorrow is the first time ever where I said you can donate a tree instead of giving me a t-shirt I mean I feel so proud. I support the envir- environmental contributions. So, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice one from you there. Okay. And number one marathon training or racing tip. Ooh. Get up early and do it. Don't procrastinate throughout <laughs> the day. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Get up, get your clothes on, go and do it. Don't wait around. Right. Get up, get out. yeah get up get out don't wait around no waiting guys okay and what is your most ambitious running goal to date most ambitious Mm, I don't know I mean my goal at the moment is a GB vest in the next two years so hopefully hopefully we can get on a roll with that need to get my 5k 10k down a bit but yeah eventually I know it's like stereotypical but everyone wants to go to the Olympics don't they maybe not yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean you never know you've you've been out to Paris once already you know <laughs> just, just jump right in there bad. maybe I'll go volunteer still at the Olympics isn't it <laughs> to be fair it could be fun <laughs> exactly I'll go there oh awesome all right well no thank you so much for coming on you know it's been really great talking with you loads of great insight into kind of the marathon especially and stuff so thank you yeah. thanks for having me Awesome. Absolute pleasure. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to rate, subscribe and leave a review. This really helps to get the content out there. I'm new to this, guys, and I want to make this podcast the best possible for you. So go follow Fitter, Faster, Happier on Instagram. That's Fitter, Faster, Happier to leave your questions, comments and feedback and for updates and guest requests. All the best for the week ahead, guys. Run happy, live happy, be happy.